Welcome to the Antler Up Podcast, brought to you by Spartan Forge. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned coffee company serving premium coffee to people who love America. Fall is upon us, and there's no better way to get fueled up before hunt than with some Black Rifle Coffee. Coffee legitimately tastes better after a day in the woods or after a successful hunt. Fuel your next adventure and purchase at www.blackriflecoffee.com and use code ANTLER at checkout to save 20% off your purchase and or with your first coffee club subscription, Black Rifle Coffee. Also, just want to say a big thank you to our partners over at America's Best Bowstrings, hand-built in the USA since 2006. Amazing customer service, awesome quality and performance. Their Platinum Series strings are what we all run on our bows. We absolutely love them. Go and create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. Before we get into this episode, let's thank our partners over at Shea Butler Knives. And Shea makes custom everyday carry knives with the Rhino and Pursuit. His Ranger and Whitetail and Featherlight knives are amazing for anything, but especially out in the field. Shea's creativity, high quality materials, functional but unique designs, coupled with his precise leather work, make products that will last a lifetime. Check them out over at SheaButlerKnives.com. Our friends over at Half Rack just released some awesome gear and they were great enough to give our listeners 10% off their order. All you have to do is click on the link in the podcast bio or the link on our link tree on Instagram and that will give you your percentage off at checkout. So get some of the highest quality hunting and outdoor accessories that will help you prosper in the field. Half Rack is aiming to be mindful of the past, conservation conscious and evolve into the future. Thanks to our partners over at Tether. Tether makes premium saddle gear by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. They just dropped some new gear like the MVP, which can turn your saddle into a two panel or just a more rigid back support and also some new suspenders. So if your saddle tends to sag, grab a pair and both items are retrofitted. So it doesn't matter what saddle or brand you have, they're going to work. Check them out at tethernation.com. Forged in combat and tailored for hunters, Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly innovative and science-based products that save the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You can now take Spartan Forge with you wherever you go by downloading the mobile app. Enjoy deer prediction analysis, weather forecasts, historical data, detailed journaling, as well as crisp maps. It's time for you to make the most of your season and let Spartan Forge do that for you. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20%. Check it out over at SpartanForge.ai. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Antler Up podcast. This episode's brought to you by Spartan Forge. We are back for episode 100. Dimitri and I were joined by our good friends to record episode 100, and we covered a little bit of everything in this episode. From talking about our highs and lows of this past season to Dimitri's buck story from his archery ruckation, we had 
all the fun talking about that one. And we also had Mike on the call to say a few words regarding us hitting episode 100 and Bill Harvey of Pertnier Outdoors hopped on to quickly share his story of his PA rifle buck. And like I mentioned in previous episodes, some good friends of ours were amazing enough to give us some gear for a lucky listener to win. We'll be giving away a tethered phantom saddle, rec broadheads, DCA custom arrow wraps with a vein tool, vortex swag, and obviously some black rifle coffee. We're going to have an Instagram post on how to win this package. So thank you so much for all the support. Enjoy episode 100. Antler up. We're live. No one's on yet. Just (laughs) you and I. (laughs) But episode 100, welcome everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We're live on the Bullhorn app. It's myself and Dimitri right now. Uh, I believe Mike's definitely going to be coming on here soon. And uh, see if anybody else is uh, going to be hopping on. And if you do, if you, if you have questions, uh, write it down in the chat mo- chat section. Mike's on. He's just said, I'm on. a boy. Appreciate it, buddy. And uh, there's questions. There's a chat. There's a call in. Uh, so feel free to uh, go ahead and do all that. So, all right. So the gist of episode 100, we'll see where this episode takes us. But we really want to talk about... Uh, I mean, we're winding down to rifle season. You're done. You're tagged yep, out. You tagged had a, out. Tagged out. You had a great weekend. Um, what a beautiful day Saturday was. Just as far as, you know, your dad said it too, like how he, you know, just as far as the temperature and the wind, it was calm. It was great. Yeah, I mean, it was cold enough, but without that wind, it was dead calm. I mean, you could hear, like I said, I, I could hear the deer coming, you know, before I could even see him and, you just love that. We didn't really get that all year, no. even in archery. Usually at the tail end of the season, we would have some days like that. But with it being a little wet and, yeah. you know, temperatures weren't as cold as usual. But uh, it was a gorgeous day and got into a few deer. So Yeah, we did. I mean, I I think I ended up catching the tail end of something when you, like, I saw it go by and heard it. But it was far. It was, like, at that point, mm-hmm. as far as I could basically see um, cause then as soon as I was getting ready to text you and just say, I think something just ran by and then you, you already texted me and said, I hear, heard something. So I'm pretty sure that was probably a deer, but I mean, I would, I would have to like aim over it probably <laughs> to, for, to drop it in at 300 yards. I don't know, but, uh, yeah, it was beautiful. And I just, I mean, like I said, I know last week I, I said, I'm finally getting frustrated and, but yesterday it's hard to get frustrated in, in a day like how it was. Yeah. I mean, I know it was, I only was able to hunt till 11 o'clock, but you know, we had some family went, went to Hershey park, took the, the girls there, but, uh, it's hard to get frustrated on a day like that. But so just to rewind for me, you, I got set up in Luke's stand. So if you listen to last week's episode, I was in the stand where, uh, uh, Dimitri's nephew shot and, and just clipped a, a buck, you know, buck still survived. So I was in that stand and, uh, uh, didn't see anything. And I kind of like what Dimitri said, you could hear them coming. So I didn't hear anything until later on. And I heard a, uh, the shot was kind of close, but mm-hmm. you know, where I knew where you were going, I felt like it would be louder when, you know, yeah. and you're like, Oh, that's just over. And then, uh, eight minutes, 10 minutes. Uh, it was probably maybe 20, 25. Okay. I, I would probably, maybe it was less than that. I didn't yeah. really check the clock. All but. I heard then was boom. <laughs> I'm like, that's him. And I, I actually gave it time. Cause I was like, all right, so he's probably making sure Then I texted you. And I was like that, you know, that yep. you, and you're like, 
dough down. <laughs> yeah, and, and we'll, we'll talk about it tonight and, you know, we'll, we'll recap the kind of the whole season and uh, how it went down. But, I mean, this season was kind of highs and lows, which normally is every yeah. season, you know, never, nothing's, you know, great. And uh, the whole way through, maybe some people have that success, but uh, there were some up and downs and it's, it's just quickly how the season really could turn around. Right. Yeah. Which it did for me, you know, I had a huge low in the season and we'll get into that even more tonight. And, but then, you know, I kind of turned it around and filled three tags, you know, back to back to back and yeah. uh, had a quite a, quite a great end of the season and can't really complain no and you talk about you just said about the highs and, and the lows i want to talk about it because i feel like we had we had a bunch of amazing guests during the season and leading up to it i felt like you know there are those guys that really do a phenomenal job of one putting out great and meaningful content like uh greg litzinger and and, and steve shirk like those guys the guys that just you know routinely do it basically see the guys at hunting public and just over the past couple of years guys get it done pretty early in October. And they say, if you could get that, that buck on camera early on, maybe get in there after. And we had deer early on. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's where my mindset was on. Like, I really wanted to be like, try to get it done early, try to get it done early. And I push, push, push. And that's like how you said my highs and lows. I would, I would say that was probably my lows just because I pushed too hard. And yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of hard to explain because the conditions were good. Bill, good evening. Thanks for hopping on, buddy. We'll, we'll get you on here in a couple minutes too. Mike, I know you're, I'm about to promote you. But it was just, I felt, I didn't put any pressure on. It was just like, I, that's what I wanted to do. That was like a goal. And then, you know, I used too many days, I guess you could say, and I ran out of time <laughs> when I could really probably should have kept some days for November. Yeah, and that's... You know, that was my main goal coming into the season is just not to put pressure on myself. Yeah. And I really felt like I didn't do that and I was successful in that. And, uh, you know, even though I might have pushed early on, but I think I, I learned a lot too, which yeah. which I was kind of piecing things together early on and, and kind of scouting our way into some spots, which we normally mm-hmm. didn't do. Um, and then again, leading to that low. But, you know, that what we learn from some of those guests and, and things that we've developed over the years and some knowledge, you know, put me in the right spot that night, right. you know, which was early, well, mid-October um, after it, it's been raining pretty much all day and uh, just trying to find the fresh sign. So, you know, I think if you take some of these pinpoints and, and put it to, you know, um, some of your strategies you can really develop as a hunter. And I feel like starting to do that. And like I said, I didn't put any pressure on myself and I was just trying to go out there and enjoy the season. Cause it comes so fast, right? It goes it's, so fast. It's almost over. I mean, yeah. I, how many times were we talking over the summer? We just can't wait to the season. Can't wait to the season. And then it comes and you feel like you have all this time early on in the season and it just dwindles and dwindles. And then eventually you're like, man, I got five days or vacation at the end of archery yeah. and then a couple of days in rifle and it's over. What would you say would have like, was your biggest takeaway from this season for you? Like, is it that scouting aspect or, uh, I think the biggest takeaway is, is kind of, um, strategizing of, of each spot. Right. You know, cause I've, uh, we kind of try to push 
like new spots, mm -hmm. but then, you know, taking some of that historical data and, you know, we kind of know a couple spots of when they get hot. Right. Um, or, you know, we kind of know to kind of find those does when it gets towards the rut. Right. right. Um, so I think the biggest thing is just to kind of, uh, use your Intel trail cameras and then, you know, go into those spots where, you know, historical, they've been good and then try to strategize your, maybe even your season a little bit more instead of, uh, you know, uh, just kind of picking new, new areas like early on is okay. You know, when it's hot and, and, um, maybe the conditions aren't right for good deer movement. Yeah. But uh, I think later on in the season, kind of use what you know and you, what your trail cameras are telling you and just go with your gut feeling. Yeah, I like that. Let's talk. Let's see what Mike's up to. We'll, we'll get him going and see. Mike, you there, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. What's up, Jerry? What's going on, man? Ah, good to be on, man. Uh, century mark, huh? Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> Dude, it's pretty crazy, Yeah, I, uh, I got a beer in my hand, and uh, you know, congrats to, yeah, cheers. You know, to, to all of us, and especially you guys for, you know, putting this together week after week. You know, you know, I'm always pumped to see who's coming on, and, you know, some most of the time it's just a surprise to me as it is the listeners, which I, I don't mind at all because, you know, it just – it's really an engaging podcast. And I'm not saying that from a biased uh, standpoint, but um, you know, some of the, some of the topics and uh, you know, to kind of echo what Dimitri said before um, about how you can just learn from everybody that you've had on, yeah. you know, even the BS sessions that we've had, you know, uh, throughout the, the last year or so, um, you know, it's just been, uh, it's been good, man. I, I've, been, I've been really enjoying it, you know, and uh, you know, I've been, you know, you know, I promote it, you know, so much, you know, with my friends and my family, you know, that's all I talk about. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's good, man. It's everything's like good. It. Season's season's still going, you know, yeah. um, you know, congrats to, to Dimitri for uh, tagging out. And I know Billy's hanging on there and he just knocked one down. I saw, and you know, uh, I don't look at it as for me as like, you know, when is it going to be my turn or <laughs> just like, Hey, you know, it's motivation for me to just keep going. So uh, but you and I um, both, you and I both Mike. <laughs> yeah. And we talked about it, but, uh, yeah, dude, you know, I'm trying not to look at, it, you know, uh, from a standpoint of, uh, you know, disappointment. Um, it's more of just, you know, I'm still learning, you know, Heck yeah. um, I'm seeing deer, you know, it's been a good season. I'm just not seeing those big boys like I was, pre right before the preseason there. Um, but, um, you know, a lot of good sits, you know, I moved around a lot this year, which I said I was going to do. And, um, you know, I think I saw my post the other day. I finally stepped, uh, my foot in the, the tethered nation waters. So yeah. I got, got, sticks got and, some sticks, <laughs> you know, so we're, we're getting into that next year. So, yep. uh, yeah, it's, be been, fun. it's been a good season. So good stuff, it's, man. You know, yep. Well, are you, are you, you have a couple more sits in you, you said, yeah, so uh, I think, and Billy, he, he can correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think rifle ends next weekend. All right, you there? Me? Yeah, that was yeah. my fault. I I was I said thanks. I was talking on the chat and I accidentally swiped. And you think after a hundred episodes, he would know how to work a computer? Talk about a learning process. Yeah, no, I'm still learning, man. Oh, we shoot. need to hire an yeah. IT department. I know. Yeah, when are we getting an IT department? Uh, I mean, we, we should be at that point by now, right? I know. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, my. I need a dummy-proof computer and everything. 
<laughs> but you know, so you were saying maybe next week's the uh, last day of rifle for New York. Yeah, yeah. So I think the rifle ends next weekend, and then we got late bow season coming. So I'll probably get at least two or three more sits before the end of the year. Um, yep. You know, unless of course, you know, next weekend I'm, you know, I got some kind of success. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm just gonna stick with it. You know, no, I'm still not putting any pressure on myself and. Nothing else we um, could do, man, is just go out yeah. there, have fun, and <laughs> hopefully we get in position. I mean, that's the – I think, like, for me, that's the weird thing. Like, for me, I feel like I'm I'm in the right spots. I'm in the right areas because the – you know, whether it be the sign, the trail cameras, I just, uh, I just haven't had the opportunity to get really anything in front of me. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, I, I feel like even though I'd be frustrated if, if I didn't fill a tag at this point – Yeah. You know, but after the season and then kind of gearing up for the next season, I would love hunting just as much as yeah. I did if I didn't fill a tag yeah. or if I tagged out every year. You know, it's right. just the the grind that motivates me. And, you know, once the season's over, you just kind of reboot and move on. Well, I even said last week on the podcast, like, I, I learned a crap ton this year. I It wasn't like I, you know, am not sticking to, like, being a hard-headed individual and not switching things up or trying different things. Like, I am. I'm learning, and I just, like I said, I don't know. It's just uh, one of those years. I, I I mean, it's hunting. Like mm-hmm. I said, you're you're in a good spot, and, you know, you hunted that last, that Sunday. So it's not the last weekend, but that Sunday of archery, and, you know, right at last light, it's dark, and we're driving out, and boom, there's the biggest, the buck that I had on camera. You know, what are you going to do? It's just, it is what it is, yeah. so... Mike, are you going out with the uh, still grinding out with the bow when when? Uh... Yeah, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be sticking with archery through uh, through the end of the year. I mean, I'll have the rifle with me next weekend when I do go out, just in case. Yeah, you know, in case I do a you know a bow sit in the morning, maybe a rifle. You know, maybe my father and I will do a push late in the afternoon, and you know, I'll bring the rifle with me. But um, you got breaking you know, that savage. Yeah, uh, yeah, I got to bust that thing out. Yeah. Um, you know, the challenge that we have too, you know, if, if we stay on, you know, on, on the property, um, you know, we have the adjacent properties and, and most of the movement happens through there and they just happen, you know, our opportunities come when they cross through. Okay. Um, and that's really where I'm seeing the deer mostly. I mean, the two, two or three sits I've had up on the public side, I haven't really seen much. Um, you know, the one day where I was like pre-rut, you know, I, I saw a, a little bit of a chase on the ridge. You know, I, I saw that, that one six-pointer um, which was chasing on a doe, but they were probably a good 50-plus yards out. Um, but that, that's really it on the on the public side. But, you know, we've had does for days, which I'm hoping maybe we can catch a late rut, you know, uh, in the next week or so um, when I get out there. So, you know, the does have been sticking around. They're still popping up on camera, which is good. Um you know, some of them are, are nice large ladies there. So, you know, she, if any one of those steps out in front, you know. Yeah. Um, big girl. You know, hey, big girls need love too. They need an arrow. <laughs> <in them. laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So just going to just gonna stick it out and got my gear all prepped. And uh, like I said, nothing's changed. You know, even though I haven't had success yet this year, you know, the, the same process changes and I know athlete's mentality, right? Yep. So, hey, I know what's yeah. on the brain, though. I know you're thinking tack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about it, dude? They yeah. set a day for Pennsylvania. Yeah. It's the, what, that June again? Is it? Yeah, early yeah. June. Early first June. weekend in June. That's good. That's exciting. Yeah. I did see, um, I got a, an update on uh, the Great American Outdoor Show, too. So it looks like that's happening. Oh, nice. Tickets are on sale. We're going on sale soon. So 
So that'll be good. Yeah. Uh, hopefully try and get out to that too. So that'll be probably our next meetup that the three of us and I'm sure Jim will come too. So we'll get the four of us and sweet be, be a good time. We'll see if we can yes, get, get a day going, but sweet dude. Well, yeah, man. we just wanted to have you on and just say, appreciate you and love you, man. And if there's uh, you know, just keep grinding it out. It's going to happen. Hopefully. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, you, even if we got to tie one to a tree, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, that's what it takes, <laughs> you know, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I know you guys, uh, appreciate you, you know, always, always, uh, always a text message or a phone call away. And, you know, just basically, you know, ha- you know, having, having Billy on and any of the, any of the guys on really, we're all an extension of each other, right. You know, oh, we yeah. all support each other and, you know, I, this has been one of probably the better groups that I've ever been a part of, you know, all the years playing sports and, you know, just, just having these guys around and having you guys, you know, it's just, you know, it, it's a nice I'll say, know, group to be a part of. So I'll say this for as much of the nonsense that you hear about the hunting industry or the hunting, this and that, I mean, it, the sad part is it's in everything. It doesn't matter if it's hunting or whatever world or business you're in, it's in every single thing. But, you know, this is the ones, the, you know, the beauty of it is it brings people together that you never would think you'd be friends with, or, mm-hmm. you know, what, you know, when would you say like, Oh, we're going to meet this guy, Mike out in New York or the guy, Billy in New York. And, you know, I mean, you've known Weston just from another thing, but like I never did. So like, mm-hmm. you know, we know a guy out in Utah and just, you know, then obviously all the guests that we bring on, it's, it's just awesome. And like you said, it's what, it, what it's about. So, um, but yeah. So you want to talk about the buck kill? Uh, we can start like just beginning of the season and kind of you know how we started the season of uh, trail cameras and you know what was our idea going through and then we'll kind of just lead up into it. So we'll just talk about you know our strategy trail cameras. You know usually we're putting them out early early summer yep. is kind of when we kind of start uh, figuring out where we're going to put them. This year we kind of. Uh, got more trail cameras and and uh we're going to use them uh longer into the season and that's kind of the strategy we played we moved some round of where we wanted to gain some intel summer intel of of bucks and general hunting areas we we put some in new uh, areas where we've kind of we e-scouted and then uh dove in there a couple times on some new properties and uh just wanted to kind of transition that into the season and then maybe move them to where we found the deer were transitioning from their summer pattern into the fall and which I think really helped us this year and kind of key on where we needed to focus our time versus you know we would just be wasting a sit if we went in there because there wasn't a lot of movement so it kind of made us uh be a little more organized in our strategy this year big time a lot more organized so but again like we've talked about several times we had a lot of good bucks on trail camera this summer even leading into the fall right um you know we we knew the one that my dad killed he was back in the same area um and then some of the other new properties we saw uh nice bucks as well so you know we we were pretty hopeful going into the season uh that we were going to be able to put something down uh, but I, uh, I think we had a good game plan moving into it. Yeah, I agree. I think this year was the most, uh, optimistic I've been. And it's kind of like one of those optimistic, but you, it, it's still hunting. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously like, look where I'm at you know what I mean? So it's not like you just know, like it, 
it could be a fun opportunity to maybe have a chance. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Like, you just want to have an opportunity, whether, I mean, obviously you say now, but if you miss or whatever, like I, my dad, as the example, yeah, that Friday night when he shot at the, the big buck that we had on camera, he's like, I talked to him today. He's like, I was still thinking about him today. You know, and here he is, he, ha- you know, he got a real nice seven pointer, mm-hmm. you know, great deer up there, up on the club, but he's still thinking about that buck. But then, the really neat thing about it is he then turns around and says, I'm just super glad I had a chance to see a deer like that and get a chance at a deer like that. This year I felt like we were, we were more uh, strategic. We were more organized with how we were going to approach things. Yeah. And we implemented a new strategy. We used our mountain bucks, mountain bikes this year. Mountain bucks. (laughs) Mountain bucks. Yeah. We like to kill mountain bucks, but we were using mountain bikes to kill mountain bucks. But uh, which kind of gave us an advantage, especially where I hit that box. Yeah. Um, you know, we dove way back into the, the back corner of that property and that kind of worked out. So, you know, we tried different things and just trying to get away from some of the hunting pressure. And, you know, even though usually we find ourselves that that's impossible, yeah. <laughs> you know, no matter where we're going, but uh, just trying new things. And, you know, I think that's an important aspect of being a good hunter is not being stuck to your normal ways and, and the grow each year and learn new things. And, uh, you know, whether it's, if you have to change something year to year, it's just, you know, we don't have the properties, even some of the, the, the private that we have access to, it's, they're not huge chunks of chunks of lands, you yeah. know, where they can be managed and, you know, f- several food plots. So, you know, those areas are going to, change year to year so you know not that we're going to totally start from scratch in these properties but you know the minute uh of how the deer pattern and move might change a little bit based off food sources and you know um terrain and are they you know uh timbering a piece of property on on public or private that may change the the habitat a little bit you know you just got to kind of learn from year to year and start trying to piece it together and then we went into the season with high hopes and, you know, it was hot at the beginning of the season, Ooh. which is typical, you know, some, sometimes we have some cold weather, but usually it's hot. And, you know, we had the most camera intel that, that we've ever had, and we were going to be aggressive even more so than last year into some of our spots. And, you know, it was a pretty slow start of the season. Yeah, You know, there wasn't many opportunities, you know, seeing deer here and there. Uh, I don't think I even saw small buck until that Thursday before right. uh, in that new piece of property. So, you know, it came to, I think it was what, the 13th or 14th of October. It was right before we got that cold front. We went up through. there. Yep. Uh, there right before this, the rain. Yes. Well, we the Thursday before we went in there, um, kind of stayed back into yep. the field. Uh, we, we scouted, he scouted this piece. We've never been in there before. Uh, but we did utilize our bikes, got into the back piece of the property. Yep. Uh, it was going to be, a, I think it was like 70 degrees, maybe even a little bit warmer that night. Mm-hmm. We went in, kind of sat a uh, field edge on this public piece, and uh, we saw two spikes. We just didn't want to dive in, uh, be too aggressive, just because of the, the temperatures that day. The wind wasn't perfect either for the sit, mm-hmm. um, but we still wanted to get back in there to see what it was like and put eyes on the the back piece of that property so then saturday rolled around we hunted in the morning got some rain rained all afternoon and then it was supposed to quit about 
probably three or four. Yeah. And ended up being, I think, about 4.30, actually. Yeah, because we got dumped on it for a while. Yeah, we were sitting, but we we dove in deeper into where we thought the bedding area would be on this piece. Uh, We kind of split up, scouted our way in. I was finding a lot of rubs. Fresh rubs. Fresh fresh, rubs. I probably saw 20, probably in a 40-yard diameter. Uh, Pretty nice rubs kind of going down the edge of this knoll, um, dropping down into the bottom. And that's kind of where I thought a a buck would be bedding just by e-scouting. Now, most of those, because you were in pines, uh, yeah, there was like kind of a row of, of bigger pines yeah. on the, the, the kind of the ridge. Yeah. And anybody that's listening. So like even Bill or Mike with you guys up in New York, I don't know if any of you are hunting or in some pines, if you could either type on the chat or call in. So up on the club and I'm asking this because I'll, I see on that North road, there's a little pockets of pines and there's even smaller ones. They are shredded. Mm-hmm. Every single year, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Mike even said public land pines back end property too. All right, let's see, Bill. Because this is, I think this is something that we could key in on because there are little pockets of pines. And you even said, I remember last year when I was like, there's pines on here. You're like, get in there. Mm-hmm. So I wanted, why, why do you think that, like, do you, is it the, do you think it's the, the smell, like the scent that they're rubbing? Like, uh, you know, I just think it gives them some cover. Uh, you know, it was pretty thick, thickened up that ridge. And, uh, I think he just felt secure coming through those. Uh, like I said, they were a little bit larger than, yeah. you know, a tree you would in the woods line. It still gave him enough cover, uh, just in case there was some sort of danger. So, you know, I, I felt he, he would feel comfortable moving through there maybe at that last light, uh, just because he was safe. And then I would be able to get that daylight opportunity. And that's kind of what I felt like when I got up in that tree. And, you know, probably 20 minutes before shooting light, he came up over the ridge and and presented a 40-yard shot, and which I felt comfortable taking. And I actually ranged him so I knew the range and uh, shot and thought it made a good hit. It looked good. He, you know, the way he reacted after the shot and, we tracked blood and we thought for sure that was going to be a dead deer. And, uh, you know, that put a real damper on my season. You know, (laughs) he was a really nice buck. Probably would have been the biggest buck ever that I've taken. And we just couldn't find him. We went back in there that next day and grid searched that whole piece. And, uh, you know, I, we didn't know anyone that had a tracking dog. Uh, I found out a week later of someone I knew that did have one. I wish I would have known that. Uh, we could have utilized that a little bit more, but you know, the amount of blood and bubbles in the blood that we saw indicated that we, you know, probably 9.9 out of 10 people would have went after that deer an hour after the shot, seeing what we saw, yep. no doubt. Well, um, when you see a carpet or blood, I mean, yeah, it, you know I what mean, I mean? It's not, we weren't on our hands and knees. Yeah. We weren't on our hands or knees until the very last, last speck of blood, which, yeah. cause then it just went yeah, like I said, there was definitely bubbles throughout the whole, um, the whole blood trail, the whole way, probably three hundred plus yards. So, you know, we lost that buck, and you know that's always heartbreaker in the season, especially midway through, and that was your first opportunity, even at a, a doe or a buck. So, you know, that kind of, you know, I could have sulked on it, you know, but mm-hmm. in kind of you were pretended. in good spirits. Yeah, man. I mean. 
you can sit there and pretend it didn't happen, which I think happens a lot, even in the hunting industry, right? We, yeah. A lot of people don't like talking about the bad things, right? Whether you spine a deer or, you know, you hit a bad, people just want to kind of act like it didn't happen because it's not good for TV or social media. But, you know, those things happen on a daily basis and not that anyone wants that to happen. Exactly. Uh, It just, that's kind of what hunting is. And, you know, we do our best to make the most ethical shots, but you know, you're, you're not going to get every deer that you shoot at. Um, If you, if you could, I mean, you're probably the best hunter that's ever walked (laughs) the face of the earth, you know, even the best do it. So, you know, but it's good to talk about it and, and learn from it. Right. And that's what I try to do is, is, you know, before I would just kind of beat myself up, but now I'm just trying to learn and and do better. And that's kind of where my season started to pick up a little bit, you know, I was having better sits and, um, and probably, but it wasn't until, well, I don't know. November when did I shoot my doe probably the seventh sixth or seventh I think it was um ended up getting on a a doe at last light yep and again a new piece yeah you've hunted that little area a Mm -hmm. couple times but not I mean I'm talking couple like three four probably an archery yeah Yeah. so you know put it together and and had like a 10 yard shot on a doe pretty mature doe and um Again, it, w- it was a good hit, but the, the um, arrow didn't come out the other side. So uh, she, I heard her crash, and uh, so I knew she went down, um, but there was no blood. Uh, so it was kind of, uh, again, another low, but my headlamp went dead. <laughs> I had a backup in my backpack, and then that actually went dead too. So the night wasn't going too well for me, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, I went in there the next day and my father-in-law, he said, you go up and hunt and I'll kind of just look around where the deer was. And within five minutes of probably 10 minutes of searching, he he saw white belly and she was laying right where exactly where I heard her crash. I just, I probably walked by her with my uh, cell phone light and I just couldn't see her obviously with that light. But uh, so I finally got a deer on the ground. So that kind of uh, sparked the, the rest of the season and, uh, Leading into uh, the rut, I still, since I hit that buck, ne- hasn't seen another legal buck since that time. So, um, you know, when I go into my rutcation, I usually have four or five straight days that I like to hunt. This year, I actually took an extra day, so I had five. And um, I always try to come up with a game plan. I know last year I put a lot of pressure on myself, uh, you know, fi- feeling like I needed to get it done in those five days and I felt the pressure of the end of the season because usually those five days are my last five days of archery so you know I kind of put some pressure this year I was like hey I'm just going to relax usually what I'll do is the weekend before I will go out maybe walk a spot or two pull some cameras and then just try to gain some intel before that for I can kind of feel like where I need to sit and and we kind of had some cell cameras out too. So that right. kind of gave us some intel throughout the week of which ones were kind of lighting up, uh, which we got probably one four point and then two shooters on the one camera of a spot uh, that week. So I, I felt like that was the, the best spot to go into on that Thursday, uh, which was the first day of my rotation. So pulling into the parking lot, a uh, guy pulled in right in front of me, so and I knew he was going on that uh, flat, uh, similar to where I was going, which kind of bummed me out on the first day. 
but I felt like with what the camera was telling me, I still had to go in there. So, um, so I went in there and, uh, I saw a couple, I saw a button buck four point yep. and I think a doe, um, I did an all day sit and, uh, it was really windy, uh, really windy on that top, which probably wasn't the best, but I felt like they were going to be moving anyway during the rut. And that's where we had a lot of the history history with uh the, all those bucks last year during the rut so i felt like i needed to be in there um nothing really turned up but uh um so the next day i i wasn't sure what i was going to do but i think there was a spot that i've been wanting to hunt uh all year and uh right on a longer ridge and i figured i was going to go in there just because the um like i said i like to walk some pieces before my recation and um as I was walking this ridge, I bumped up probably, I don't know, six or eight does. Yeah. So I kind of finally found out where the does were living. Which is in a total different spot. Totally different than the probably the last several years. Yeah. Um, Not just the years, but several, <laughs> several years. Yeah. So we were kind of wondering why we weren't seeing many does in this location, uh, you know, for the several sits that we had. But they were actually on the opposite ridge that we normally hunt. I don't know why, you know, no terrain features change. I don't know if it had to do something with, we didn't have as many acorns as we normally do. So I don't know if that had something to do with it. Uh, so I kind of knew where they were living. So that kind of gave me where I want to be. Right. Cause that's, that's where the bucks are going to want to be during right. the rut. So I went into this ridge where I hunted last year and I, I hunted, it's kind of a bench on the side of a ridge and there's a lot of mountain laurel back there so it gives a lot of cover and that's where this mature buck that my dad shot was living and we knew exactly where he was bedding um but I finally wanted to go in there and uh hunt it but the year before I was kind of hunting the middle of the bench thinking that the deer would travel the bench um cruising for does but I saw three bucks uh that day but they were right on the edge of that bench so you know, I figured they wanted to kind of cruise that edge, but not come up on top of it just for security features. Um, but then that morning it was going to rain. So, uh, it was probably predicted to rain to about seven o'clock. So I didn't want to go in there and, uh, get, get soaking wet as I got set up. So my game plan was if I was going to sit all day, I wanted to, uh, get there right when the rain was going to end, even though it was already light. And this is the second time now. So I think, I mean, I think most hunters know this, but if you're new to hunting, I would highly suggest if you see rain, don't let it like steer you away. Uh, I would say if you know, it's going to let up, even if you're out there for the last 20 minutes or 30 minutes of, of rain, just ha get a good rain jacket or a decent one where you could at least be in there for the last 30 minutes. Get in quietly. You're undetected. Your winds, you know what I mean? Your scent is under more better controlled. Get up in there, set up, be quiet as possible, and then you already go because then usually if you're in the right spot at the right time or you you like Dimitri did, you did your scouting right twice – when that rain end, it ends, you have a good chance of seeing quite a bit of, bit of deer movement. Yeah, because a lot of those bucks are going to want to hit those scrapes again exactly. and freshen them up. And, you know, there's it's the rut. They're still going to be looking for does, right? Yep. And if there's a hot doe in that area, you're going to be in the money. Yep. Uh, so I kind of waited a little bit longer than I wanted to. 
uh, I left the house probably about half hour before light. So when I was walking in, it, it, it quit raining, so I didn't get wet. Uh, I was trying to beat feet down, which I could be a little quicker just because it rained, so it wasn't mm-hmm. as loud. Um, so I got to the the backside of this ridge, and I got onto the bench probably, oh, it's probably about 100, 150 yards away from where I wanted to be, and it was probably legal shooting light. So I, you know, I, lo- I knocked an arrow just in case something was cruising through there, Um and I was still kind of sneaking to where I wanted to be. So I really took my time that last 150 yards. Right. Uh, so I got down onto the bench and then I was kind of creeping onto that ridge where I wanted to be. And as I got there, I uh, noticed that there was a couple uh, small rock formations on this side of the ridge. And uh, kind of dawned on me that this kind of made a pinch point on that very uh, ridge and you know it kind of made sense why they weren't going up onto that bench just because of these you know it wasn't much right three or four I mean huge huge rocks but they're right. only about three or four feet high and I could you know a deer is not going to want to go up over top of that um, but they were only about 20 30 yards apart these two rocks and it kind of made a little pinch point of where it goes back into the bedding um, and I kind of made sense once I got there that this is where I needed to be, right? So these deer didn't have to pop up to the ridge. They had easy access back to the bedding. Um, and then they could also check down below all that laurel if a hot doe was down there as well. So they could kind of scent check that area. Um, so I was kind of nervous when I was climbing up because no one wants to be halfway up putting sticks on when a, a buck walks yeah. by, which almost was the case for me, um, you know, after the fact. But uh so I beat feet up the tree. I was, you know, I was set to sit all day. So I had my t- solitude uh, bibs on. Yep. So I was uh, pretty sweaty once I was up in the tree. <laughs> so I got all set and uh, I just really liked my spot. You know, it's one of those times you get up there and you're just like, you know, everything makes sense and this just looks really good. And, you know, it's pretty thick stuff. So I knew my shot wasn't going to be um, real long, but yeah, the, limited opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, and I was going to have to shoot kind of through some holes, you know, it wasn't a a wide open uh, lane or anything that I had, which I knew, but um, if that's where the deer was going to be, that's where I had to be as well. So um, I was feeling real good. I was only in the stand five, five minutes or so. And I remember my wife sent me a article about the um, COVID and the deer uh, from Iowa. So (laughs) You know, I was just kind of quickly scanning through that and, and reading that article and um, just trying to get rid of that sweat and kind of cool off a little bit. So, you know, 10, 15 minutes go by and um, I'm sitting there and it's not raining and just waiting for something to happen. And I remember there's a one limb that kind of came out about waist high uh, off of the tree. So I'm in the saddle coming out to my right. And, uh, I was thinking to myself that this one little limb is blocking a lot of my shot opportunity on my weak side. So to my right, and that's kind of where that pinch point fed. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of where I figured the deer would come to. Um, and that's where I'd probably most likely get my shot opportunity or kind of on my left if they cut up over, uh, the bench. So I felt like, 
I don't know, it's one of those subconscious things that you're telling yourself, this is probably not a good idea, but you do it anyway. <laughs> so I lean over and I felt like I was early enough that I already messed things up. If anything came as I was setting up, you know, um, so I reached over and I actually snapped the branch. The, the branch to clear my shot opportunity. And I didn't drop the branch. I just kind of snapped it off where it would hang. Um, as I re- got back up, um, looking at the tree in the saddle, I looked to the other side of the tree and the, this buck was standing at about 40 <laughs> yards coming straight up the ridge right to me. Um, I do not know how he didn't hear that uh, snicks stick snap uh maybe he did and it didn't bother him just yeah. because it wasn't uh loud and it, there's been some windy days i don't know but uh, i just got lucky and uh so if it's daylight i probably wouldn't do that again uh probably just kind of i don't know what happened but yeah. it, it didn't bust me uh which i i thought i would be so this buck was coming up the ridge i knew he was a shooter um i probably wasn't going to pass up much at this point uh which we'll get into a little bit later uh, of why, you know, I mean, I'm never, I don't pass up much to begin with uh, and I don't care and I'm never going to apologize for it. Uh, But uh, this buck was coming up. He was coming right to me. He got to about 25 yards and was kind of going straight, uh, straight to my left. And as things happen, usually in the stand, it's, it's so quick, right? You know, it's, we don't, especially in that thicket, you know, you're not going right. to see him come in from a long distance. So he's working his way to my left. I grab my bow off the hanger. I hook on and my pin, which I've talked about before, is always set at 25 just because, one, we're not going to probably shoot in these thickets more than 30 yards. And I know it with my pinned out at 25, at 30, I may drop an inch or two. And I just know my setup, right? Mm-hmm. I know how my arrows are going to react to different yardages. That way I don't have to change my dial if I don't have to, right? right. Since I have a single pin. So I knew he was at about 25, maybe 26, 27. Um, so he's cutting straight across and he was just about to be out in my open. And I was just about to start to draw and he turns his head and looks straight up at me in the tree and we lock eyes, <laughs> which I thought I was done for again. So that was almost strike two. Um, I don't know. The wind was perfect. It wasn't blowing to him. There was just something that he turned his head and I was kind of even tucked a little bit behind the tree being in the saddle, which yep. I think has been a huge advantage this year yep. of uh, being concealed. But uh, so he, I thought right there that he was just going to turn and, trot off and it was game over from there because like i said i've only been in the stand for 15 minutes set up yeah and it's kind of wild it's his bucks and i'm like up oh, there goes my opportunity but luckily he didn't win me and he just kind of turned uh back down the ridge and he took about i don't know four or five steps and uh he kind of just stopped looking down the ridge and i drew back i knew this was my opportunity and uh, set on my pin on them. And, you know, usually I, I think the shot process has really developed for me over mm-hmm. the last few years of really taking my time and, and not rushing that shot, right? You know, we, we think that we have to hurry up and shoot. And we usually have more time than we, th- we think yep. we do. Um, and both on the buck that I hit, my doe and this buck, I was about to the pull the trigger um, and punch it 
but I almost kind of talked myself out of it, right? And I almost kind of took my nose off my string and resettled it. Just kind of one, calm me down, make sure I had a good anchor point uh, on all three of these hits, um, which were all good hits. Like I said, the one deer yep. we didn't recover, but the the doe and this buck was right exactly where I was aiming. So I kind of resettled um, and made sure that I was where I wanted to be on my anchor point and right. where uh, where I was aiming. Um, so I let the arrow fly, uh, hit the deer. Uh, like I said, I was hunting a steep ridge, so it was a pretty, even though it was 25 yards, it was steep angle down. Um, and like I said, I did have a limb that was just about shoulder height, which I knew I'd have to shoot over top, but I knew with my angle that I would be able to, um, uh, get into the vitals from that area. Um, and like I said, I hit his spine again it's not a perfect shot um but it it hit the bottom of his spine deflected down into his lungs and then exited it out mid-body um through the ribs and he he dropped and he probably only kind of went five yards and he was just kind of with his neck up in the air and i thought i was gonna have to put another arrow in him um which i did let one one go and uh actually shot underneath of him uh but then within 30 seconds he expired he's already done like i said i thought it was a a straight spine shot um and i was gonna have to get down and and finish him off but after i got in him out i I found out that that uh broadhead hit his spine deflected down hit both lungs um and he was died in probably like i said probably less than two minutes after the shot so um, he was laying there about 30 yards from me and I was so excited, you know, cause yeah. after last year and, you know, the beginning of this year, it was just, I mean, I remember calling and making phone calls and calling you and calling my wife and I was excited cause she was off work watching the kids and I knew they were home. And, uh, like I said, this is, this is why we do it too. Yeah. You know, we love hunting, but we also love getting our kids involved in it too. You know, that we talk about that all the time on the podcast and, uh, it was just an exciting moment. Heck yeah, man. Oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> it fires me up. But then, you know, so I knew he was down and I made my phone calls and, uh, texting people and tell him I got a buck down. And like I said, I, <laughs> I was still sweating. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it was only 15 minutes. Yeah, it was 15 minutes. And you know, uh, he was laying there, no track job, you know, which, um, You'd probably take crap from some people, you know, but yeah. again, I don't care. Yeah. I, I just thought, I just remember when you called me, we were talking and we were just texting. You're like, I'm set up. And I think I drove three more miles on the highway and you're like, you you start calling me. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, did you, did you get one? And you're like, yeah, I shot one. You know, it was just awesome. It was just such a cool, I won't forget that one. Yeah, I know. And, and seeing him just laying there and, and just kind of peace of mind it's a hard know? it's hard you dude you put All in that. the effort the hard work the effort and it has nothing it take the scouting take the hunting aspects it's like you said your shot process it's the past couple of years it's the you know evolving and developing and bringing that all in together it's you know that's what it's like you said that's what it's about yeah and then you know so i got down and um you know, I was literally still shaking from, yeah. from the whole moment and the sun's, you know, then it got nice yeah. out and the sun's coming up and, uh, I get down and kind of crept up to him and, uh, took a look at him and man, was I happy, you yeah. know, again, not the biggest buck and, but you know, it's a trophy to me, Hell you yeah. know, I, I mean, 
you know where we hunt. Yeah. You know, it's not easy killing no, a big buck. It's not. You know, it's not easy killing a buck. You know, I don't care what you're, you know, obviously, I, the only buck you're you're able to get away with anything is a friggin' spiker, <laughs> which you can't even kill anyway. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only deer, I'm going to say deer, that you could get away with any anything up there. Mm-hmm. Just be, you know what I mean? It's, and I'm the do, couple doe that I've run into, even up on the club back at home, which is normally you could get away with a lot of move. Like, I don't want to say movement, but you could get away with a little bit of different things up there this year. I mean, I was shocked at it a couple of times hearing a blow here and mm-hmm. there. I'm dropping the therm, like my milkweed to see where my thermal's blowing. I'm, my wind's not even blowing in her direction. My thermal's <laughs> not even going in her. Like, what is she blowing at? You know, just different things. And But again, I, like you said, it, it's it. who cares what other people think? It's what you put into it. The, it, it people think it's all, oh, it's this year. Like, yes, it is, but it's also the past couple of years. You know, yep. like I always think of brian's story of last year killing that buck it's that was his first buck in eight years like people the normal average hunter sometimes doesn't get it done every single year exactly you know guys do which is great you know maybe we'll like here let's let's see like bill bill's bill was like us saying like uh you know struggle bus city rifle season he puts out the (laughs) the best is yet to come and knocks down two two doe three doe and then comes to pa and shoots one of our big <laughs> big deer bill are you there i hit show on here it's saying show if you're still on or if you're still in the <laughs> queue here well and like i said you know if it's gonna make my son excited yeah and he's gonna be excited about it and it's legal i'm putting it down i'll tell you what though for for going three three deer in, in the last <laughs> like two and a half weeks he's gonna be like man what do we this is the new normal <laughs> you're spoiling yeah, now i know but uh and it was fun just because i was able to walk back home and you know, share that moment with my family and they were excited for me. And, uh, so I was able to undress a little bit and I, I was going to take the cart back and, and, and get the deer and got them all cleaned up and, uh, made the, it was about three quarter mile trek back and, uh, got the deer back and I kind of took it off the cart and I hit it and I told my son, I said, now, if I can't, if I have trouble finding this deer, I'm going to have to come get you and, and have you help me find it. And, yeah. And he was all excited about it. And we went out there and like I said, I tucked it behind a tree and just where he kind of <laughs> gave yeah. him a little bit of a challenge. And yeah. we, we went and got it and it was pretty awesome. So, you know, it was a good, uh, good end to the archery season for me. And, you know, I kind of took the rest of my recreation and spent some family time and just relaxed a little bit. And, yeah. Uh, you know, wanted to save my last doe tag for rifle season, just where I had a tag to kind of go out and hang out. And it was a, it was a good vacation. But I, like I said, the, the moral of the story is, you know, it was a multi-year learning of where these deer were moving and transitioning, even though I didn't shoot the, the buck we were after. Right. And even though I was in his bedroom, um, you know, it took me two or three years to kind of learn this piece, even though I was... I've hunting it, hunted it for a long time. Um, just my scouting and, and, and learning of deer movement has really increased over the last several years of, you know, um, paying more attention and listening to podcasts and videos and hearing people talk about it. And like I said, each year I was getting closer, but yeah. I was finally able to piece it together, you know, and I feel like this is going to be a good spot moving forward. Um, I'm definitely going to get a, probably a cell camera in there. Hopefully if I have enough service yeah. that way I can kind of monitor this pinch point. But 
uh, especially during the rut. I think it's going to be a really good spot. What would you say from learning from the the buck shot that uh, we did that you you did not recover, and how, like what changed or what did you do leading up to that rutcation? Did you just kind of go? I just wanted to scout and find those does, or just because like you we have like you said like you we have different areas around here. And we didn't hunt like where you killed your buck. We didn't hunt there very much or if at all, like I think you had maybe one sit, your dad, maybe two, you know, like what, like what kind of led you to that spot, that opportunity? Was it just bumping those does that day? I think day? bumping the does that day. Cause that's kind of the last two years. Um, the last two years is kind of the, the years that I've actually had a rutcation before that. I, you know, I never really took this time um, to hunt several days in a row during the rut is usually just the Saturday, right? Uh, throughout the season. So I think just finding the does at that time is very important. Um, I'm not saying it's the end all be all because I'm sure there's a lot more successful people that, uh, rut hunt better than me. But I think just the last two years, what I've noticed is if you find those does, those bucks are going to be want to be in that area. Um, you know, if there's not a hot doe, there's a potential that you don't see any bucks, right? Um, just all depends of, you know, when those does go into heat um, or if there's uh, bucks transitioning in that area, scent checking for does. But uh, like I said, I think learning and, and, and seeing uh, each year, of how the the deer transition may be different, especially when you're hunting the mountains, and that's why each year you got to put the boots on the ground and kind of do your scouting year after year. Yeah, I think f- moving forward is just continue to grow with that for us. Well, and that's what I, I I said before. I think we're starting some areas starting to figure it out, um, and I think it's just going to get better. And there's some areas where you're not going to figure it out and you just got to keep grinding and, and learn more. Right. Yeah. And it's just going to happen. Cause like we said, a lot of these bucks have been killed and rifle already, you know, so new bucks are going to come in and they just may be behave a little bit different. So, right. Yeah. And that's, like I said, I mean, I know Dimitri, I I'm excited for one day you could come in back at home with me just to kind of pick apart that just because I'm, like I said, I, I'm excited to do that a little bit more, more so now, than ever um Mm -hmm. and my dad is too you know what i mean i think the two times that i told my dad the next day when i talked to him on the night before telling him go here and the next day one he did i I know i talked about it but i think i edited it out of the podcast just because i think i rambled i told him to go in go here the next day he did not that's when boom at like 8 40 that's when the the big boy was right there and i told him go right there the next Mm -hmm. time i said go in this area i think they're going to be crossing from this spot to where your camera is, he went up a little bit the next ridge higher, but he could look down into that little thicket, into that little bit of pines. He saw a buck chasing. You know what I mean? He was at, he was out of it. He saw it, but he was out of it. It is time for this week's Vortex Nation highlight. Hi everyone, this is Billy with Pertnier Outdoors for this week's Vortex highlight. Uh, we're going to give a couple tips on using your optics during gun season. Uh, The first one is going to be a safety tip, um, something that I was taught at a young age and something that I I really think is very important, especially if you're a new hunter, to be thinking about this. Uh, During gun season, 
we often uh, take advantage of the fact that we have a scope on our shotgun or rifle or muzzle loader to take a look at what we're you know we might see ahead of us if we see some movement or if you're glassing a side hill uh, oftentimes people would like to use the, the optics on their gun rather than use the binoculars on their chest um, I would strongly encourage anyone to uh, unless you definitely know it's a deer and you're ready to to put your gun up on it and and think about making a shot uh, first thing you should do is use your binoculars instead of your gun um, because you would hate to point your gun at something that you do not want that gun to go off at. Um, case in point, safety is no accident, and uh, the last thing you want to do is have your gun go off and shoot someone or something that you should not be shooting at in the woods. So a little safety tip there, and just a, a, a fun reminder uh, off of a Vortex highlight I had a month or two ago about your scope care while you're out in the woods. Uh, oftentimes we have moisture, we got rain, snow, uh, fog, you know, your breath, uh, can fog up your scope. So try to make sure you have some sort of a lens cleaning cloth. Um, I like to run a, uh, if I'm just kind of hiking and covering ground, not expecting to shoot, I usually have a neoprene cover that I put over my scope. I've really become to like that quite a bit um, just to keep the moisture off. But, uh, you know, keep your, keep your glass clean because at any moment you might need to uh, pull that gun up and acquire your target and make a shot. And the last thing you want to do is pull it up and have your, your scope be fogged over. So keep your, try to keep your gun and your scope away from your body. Uh, that generates heat and it can fog up that. Uh, so whether it be your binoculars or your, um, or your gun, airflow is important. So keep, the, keep your gun away from you if you can, if you want to keep it defogged, but away, you know, open without something covering it. Uh, or keep something like the neoprene cover or your binos uh, covered up with caps to try to avoid that so when you need them they are clear uh, but then keep that keep that lens cloth with you to keep your optics clean so with that that's today's uh today's highlight for you uh, good luck this weekend for all of you in pennsylvania very excited for you to have your opening day and to put the equalizer that being the gun in your hands so shoot straight be safe and and good luck bill are you there bill's on the struggle bus i know and he sells buses for a living. <laughs> can you hear me? I can hear you. <laughs> it's about time, Bill. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> We've got, we have two bullhorn hosting podcast guys here, and we can't get this shit to work. I know. <laughs> Jeez, man. Sorry about that. I don't know what was going on. Ah, uh, Dude, no worries. Same here. We'll figure it out one day. You and I had this conversation. I'm over here uh, looking at your PA buck. Some PA freaking backstraps right now and drinking a little red wine. Dude, good for you. Congratulations. Yeah. I know I texted you, but congratulations. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Figures you had to come to PA to finally kill a buck this year. I know. I, we, I've got too many deer that, you know, I can't find here, so I figure I might as well just come down there and hunt for, hunt for 20 minutes and shoot the best buck maybe I've ever shot. So. That's crazy. He's a, beaut yeah. he's a beauty, dude. Oh, he's I think he's one of the, the few bucks I've ever shot that are not all broken up. Like almost every deer I ever shoot has got snap tines. And I'm like, you know, I'm like one of those guys where it's like, well, I don't really, I'm not such a purist that I'm not going to have my guy that does my euros, like make it back into a perfect eight pointer, you know, add another few inches to it. But yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it's a beautiful deer. I, it couldn't have worked out any better really. Dude. Good for you. So our, when's that podcast uh, dropping for you? Um, we actually really haven't talked about it. We did a, we did a podcast in camp on 
Friday night. Okay. Um, and we didn't really talk much at all actually about my buck because we shot two bucks during the day on uh, on Friday. So we kind of talked mainly about that and the, and the hunt. And uh, our good friend Jim D, yeah. uh, that kid, I don't know if he's listening or not, but he's quite the burden uh, <laughs> on a hunting trip. <laughs> Especially if you're, you know, like you get into these big mountain areas, you know, you assume somebody's from PA, you know, they're, you know, they say they've hunted the, the county before and they can handle it. Needless to say, we didn't know where Jim was for like six hours. <laughs> and, and I thought he was dead. Um, and I was going to have some explaining to do. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're standing in the pitch dark down in some deep freaking backwoods holler down in Pennsylvania. And up pulls the first truck that shows up is Jim. And I've never been so happy to see somebody who I barely really, really know. I'm like, holy shit, it's Jim. And you have cold beer in the back of your truck. It was fantastic. That's awesome, man. So, yeah. so did you shoot? So your buck was, was bedded, right? Yeah. So it was, uh, and I don't know, I don't know if you want how much you want to hear or what you want to know. I mean, you want me to kind of run it down how it happened? Well, how, well, how long? Well, I mean, it's up to you, man. You can yeah, give, you, I don't you, care. Why, well, because I want people to tune in, obviously, to your podcast. Give give us the cliff notes. Uh, and maybe he was you, in the bed and I shot him and he died. <laughs> I freaking love you. No, so, uh, well, there's a couple things, though. Like, I was trying to – I really wanted to get in. Dimitri had some awesome points I think he was making and some things that you guys were talking about with, um, with pines and hemlocks and sign and, you know, I'm, like, reflecting back on – the last several years, I mean, the majority of my success, especially well, mainly during gun season is coming in hemlocks. Like if I'm finding hemlocks, I'm finding deer. Uh-huh. And if I'm, you know, and, and like you were talking, you know, as far as pines and I forget which, what type of pine it is, but it, um, it looks a lot like the pine trees out, out West. Like, I don't know if it's like a black pine or, uh, some sort of a, it's got like a real shaggy bark to it. And we were talking about this this weekend when we were down at camp and PA, if you find some of those pine trees, like they are always shredded and they are always some of the biggest buck rubs you will find anywhere in the woods. Yeah. And, um, I know Hal blood talks a lot about that, like finding those, you know, and like Steve shirt talks about the signpost rubs and things like that. But man, if you find like those, that those type of pine trees, they are typically rubbed and they're typically the biggest rubs you're going to find in the area. And so like, that's probably one of the best parts about going down there and doing that trip to PA and being the guy who shoots the buck on the first drive because you turn into the freaking, the dog who's pushing and, and packing meat the whole rest of the week. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I think I walked no shit. I, I think I broke 30 miles, uh, in three days mm-hmm. and, uh, and just covered in an enormous amount of territory and you get to see so much sign, so many different terrain features. And it's like, once you start to put the pieces together, yeah, the sign is always in the same type of places. Like you go on this big, great big side hill, and if there isn't decent cover and food, then you might as well just put your head down and walk because there's nothing going on there. Yeah, there's no deer shit, there's no beds, there's no anything. So it's like, you know, you, you see those spots on the map, those points that run down. You see a bench on them. You get up on that side hill, and it's and it's got hemlocks, and it's like and there's deer shit everywhere. There's rubs, there's scrapes under, under low hanging limbs. Just that's where the deer are. And, and it's in top third. And that's what we found the last three days was just 
deer were on the top third of the mountains over and over and over again. And, uh, and that's where my buck was. I, I was the last sitter. Um, I was four miles from the truck. We had to, we sat, you know, so the first day we had 15 guys. Um, I think we, we had seven pushers and eight sitters on the first drive or maybe other way around. Um, so I, I was the last guy and got everybody kind of to where they need to be, the guys that needed help. And then I was getting out to my spot and I was really humping it to get out there. Cause I was walking a logging road on the top of a ridge and I got, uh, where I started, I got off the logging road and started actually kind of heading out the, the ridge that I was actually going to set up on. Okay. And, uh, and I got right above my waypoint where I've sat in the past, uh, I knew it was a good vantage point. I was right above it and I walked into a doe and she was coming up off the side hill going, you know, this ridge is real, it's a real, it's like a spine ridge and it runs right out and it's open hardwoods on top down onto the side hill, which has got some hemlocks. And then the other side of it drops over into, into a clear cut. That's probably two or three years old. And she was coming off the side hill up and over into the clear cut. And she didn't really spook too hard. I, I saw her probably it's about the same time she saw me. She froze. We stared at each other. Um, I made sure there was no horns on its head. Uh, and then she went about her way. She didn't blow or nothing, which probably saved me, uh, will definitely save me. And then so I kept moving, but kind of noted the fact. I'm like, okay, there's deer in here. And I got, uh, I got down just breaking over the ridge. And as I was dropping down, there was another doe coming up that was like at the same level. And it was kind of funny. She was passing me as I was going down and she never, she never heard me, never saw me. Um, and there was still like three inches of snow on the ground at that point. So it was super quiet walking. It was awesome. And, uh, you know, I dropped down to my point. I got to that. There's like, it's not a, like a whole side hill of hemlocks. It's, it's hardwoods, but there's like intermittent, you know, great big old growth hemlocks. And so I got up underneath the hemlock that I've sat at in the past and I got there and, you know, I'm looking around, I'm like, you know, if, if these deer come the way I expect them to on this bench below me, that's where my shooting is about a hundred yard shot. But by the time I see them, they're already going to be freaking hauling oats and they're going to be really getting through my shooting lane before I ever chance. So I'm looking to my right. I don't, I think that's, it was to the East. I looked to my right. And I'm like, I, I really need to get over there like 20, 30 yards. So I've got a little bit better, better vantage point to my left as the deer are coming on the drive. And so I, I sneak over that tree and I'm always, when I'm on a side hill, it's the way I've, you know, it's the type of hunting I grew up with was still hunting side hills and looking for bedded deer. And I just, I'm looking, you know, and I get to this tree and I look down just to my right, about a hundred yards down, I'm guessing is what it was. And, uh, and I could see there was some down trees and on the back side of those down trees, I could see the look like the, like the body of a deer. So I'm like, Holy shit. I pull my binos up and sure enough there, I can see some horn, but he's profile. So I don't know exactly what he is. And it's, you know, tough, kind of that tough gray light. You can't really tell what's going on. So I drop my backpack, scoot, you know, get on my ass, my hands and my hands and knees and, you know, kind of crawling in the snow, trying to stay quiet and keep trees between us. And um, I ended up getting maybe another five, 10 yards closer and got to a good tree that I could brace on. And I had, you know, a good, a good comfortable base where I could sit if I was going to sit there for a few minutes and try to figure it out, whatever. And uh, I just, I ended up was watching him and I put, uh, I put a third point on him. So I, he had a G2 and a G3. So I was like, okay, he's a legal buck. And, uh, and then he turned, you know, maybe five or 10 minutes into the, into my 
you know, my sitting there and analyzing a situation, he turns and looks uphill and I saw how tall he was. <laughs> and, uh, and he's not wide. I measured him today. He's like 14 and a half inches wide. Um, but he's tall. His, his G his G twos are like almost nine, like just under nine inches and nine and a quarter. Um, so he had nice tall tines and, uh, and all I had to shoot at was his neck, his neck and his head. So I, you know, I just, I had a rock solid base and, and it's funny going back to what Dimitri said, like starting to feel comfortable about your shot process. I'm not there with the bow. Um, I don't know if I've ever been, and it's something that I really, I strive to get to, but I feel like I've gotten there with a gun and I had that same moment when I shot this buck because, um, so I sat there and, and I, and it's something that Brian said to me uh, before the, we were talking about taking long shots with the rifle earlier this week before we went on this hunt. And he says that every time he's in a situation like that and he's got time, he will leave the safety on and practice pulling the trigger. And so I did that. I, I did that for several minutes and, uh, you know, focusing on my breathing and telling myself to relax. You can make this shot. And, um, and so I finally flipped the safety off. And I'm, you know, exhaling and I'm, and I'm right on his neck. I was rock solid and I'm pulling on the trigger and it's, I have a, an accu, it's an accu trigger, I think is what they call it on the, the savage. Okay. And, uh, and it just, it wasn't breaking. And I'm like, God, this gun's, it's got to go. It's got to go. And it's not going. And I actually let off the trigger. And I was like really freaking excited about that. I was like, oh yeah, like I'm in the zone right now. And, uh, and I shot and, you know, I, I came back down on the scope and I pulled through the trigger and shot and that deer, he, I saw that he didn't go anywhere and I just racked another round put the safety on and started running down the hill because I had no follow-up shots from where I was. And, uh, with all much, you know, brush and beach, you know, beach trees and shit. And, uh, so I ran down there and, you know, I got 20 yards about from him and, and I, you know, I could tell he wasn't going anywhere. Um, he was, you know, taking his last breaths and kicking a little bit. And, uh, it was, I don't know if I've, I'm sure I've had that happen, but like the opportunity to actually sit there with the deer, um, and maybe, you know, I'm going to say he's my best, my best buck. Um, probably I'm most proud of that hunt, uh, because of the way it went down. So I like just that opportunity to be there with that deer as he passed and, uh, and just and share that moment with myself in, in the peacefulness of being four miles back in the middle of freaking nowhere. It was a pretty awesome experience. So, and, and that was the start of a, of an incredible hunt with everybody else. And, uh, you know, you're sitting there for an hour and a half, two hours before the drivers get to you and just taking it all in, eating your freaking snacks and smiling and taking selfies with the deer. That's <laughs> what it's all about, man. And then realizing that you're going to be walking for another two and a half days. Yeah. I when the picture of you, uh, cliffside with when you already had, had them all, uh, quartered up and the one with you with your teeth. You know, like yeah. you're smiling. I wanted to post that one and go, I, I have really cool friends. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, but I was like, no, I got to post the one with him. With, with Dude, the- I was, that was, I was starting to drag ass at that point. I could tell. We, you know, we got up at, we got up at three 30 in the morning to drive down there. So we were there for the morning hunt and, uh, you know, I was, I was dragging ass and yeah. I had, so I had the head a quarter, you know, a front quarter and a hind quarter and the head on my back. And then it was down, you know, down 800 or a thousand feet and then back straight up a ridge, 800 to a thousand feet, you know, in two inches of wet snow and shit. And, uh, you know, by the time I get back to the, you know, I was right about to the top of that, of that steep ridge. And I took that picture of me, like, like fucking <laughs> cotton mouth, my teeth are all stuck to my lip. And yep. So yeah, it was good times, man. And, uh, doesn't get any better than that. It really doesn't. Dude, man. Congrats. 
That's awesome. Really cool buck. Awesome story. Yeah. Thank you. I'm happy for you guys, uh, you know, hitting a hundred. That's a great achievement and it's been fun, you know, growing our relationship with you guys. And, you know, I, we sincerely feel like we're friends and it was awesome to be in a camp with Jim. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's going to laugh when he hears me ripping on him because <laughs> I picked on him nonstop. <laughs> for three days and we had so much fun so much fun with him yeah he and, called uh, he, he called me at five o'clock tonight he was like yeah just so you know don't ever go to camp with bill <laughs> <laughs> no he didn't he, he he said the opposite he's like dude i really hope one next year or future years that uh you and dimitri could come he goes because i'm gonna go every single year so yeah yeah i mean it's it's so cool to go into a go into a camp like that where you've got we've got people from all, and it's like, everybody's got this weird way that they ended up in our hunting group. It's not like, it's all like my, like, it's not like the Harvey family, you yeah. know, it's like, there's just random dudes. Like, how the hell are you here? Well, I'm, I moved into the neighborhood and I'm the neighbor of this guy, or, you know, I work with this guy on third shift and he asked me one time and now I'm hunting buddies with him. It's like, yeah, but we go down there and we hunt our freaking balls off for three days doing, you know, like I said, I walked 30 miles, you know, the one guy, Chris, that uh, shot the buck on Friday, He's 60 years old and he probably put on all of 25, if not 30 miles. And like we hunt hard and then we get back to camp and we freaking drink and we tell stories and we bust balls and eat good. And then it's right back up at 5 a.m. to hit the mountains again, you know? So it's not for the faint of heart, you know, there's, but it's like everybody's in it. Like nobody's bitching. Like we're all like fired up. What What's the next hunt, you know? And it's hard not to have that be your favorite favorite type of hunting. I don't want to sit in a tree stand anymore. It sucks. Like, I want to go with my buddies and freaking shoot every buck in Pennsylvania. That's what I want to do. I think, so, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, it's funny because Jim, like I said, Jim was all fired up and he's like, I, I can't wait to get, you know, until next year. And he said, I'm, I'm doing it again. And he even said, he goes, those guys that, you know, he goes, you know, they go with Bill out West and some guys go out West. He goes, they say this is tougher hunting than that. Yeah. I mean, for day after day in Colorado, there's a lot of just, you know, getting up on a point in glass and the hardest points getting into your camp right. and carrying all that weight. But I mean, you're going all day and then you add the, the late night and the, you know, the, the, the drinking. drinking portion of it. You don't yeah. do that when you're on a backpack. <laughs> no, you yeah. might have to shoot something. Right. But man, it's like, you are, it's not for the, it's just nonstop. It's not walking to your stand and sitting there for eight hours. It's, Right. It's, it's hard hunting. So if somebody can do that hunt, they can, they can go out West. But Jim and I talked about it. Like the whole going out West thing, that's a whole nother discussion. We don't need to get into it here, but it's like what you guys have in Pennsylvania. We have a little bit of that with the Adirondacks in New York, but there isn't the deer density. What you guys have in Pennsylvania, you don't need to leave that state to go find adventure. I mean that we went to some new areas in powder, not far from where we normally hunt. But we went to some new areas. I mean, it's unbelievable the stuff you guys have down there. I, yeah, I just can't believe it. It's yeah, you're you're very very blessed to have that shit in your backyard. Do well. Here's here because I I I Dimitri and I we we're talking. We're gonna have a couple ideas for podcasts coming up after the holidays. Just because you know you and I we've talked about it after the season. I think people are are content overload. And you and I talked about this already before school the one day. Um, so I don't want to dive into anything more about some other material, but you talked about on your podcast and, you know, obviously, you know, you were saying during archery season, you just, you struggled, 
you know, you were kind of, you and I kind of had identical seasons basically other than you shooting two doe with the rifle right away. Uh, once your gun season started, you know, what, you know, what's a big takeaway for you, Bill, this year, as far as like your, your season, uh, so far. It's been a hard season. I mean, it, yeah, I've got four deer in the last two, two weeks, weeks, but yeah. it's been, I mean, I've been grinding. I've hunted, I've hunted a lot more than I hunted last year. And I've got this, I've got, you know, I got, I shot five last year. I got it. So it's been hard. I mean, the cam, the trail cams are not showing activity. It's dead. I don't know what's going on. Um, I'm sure there's smart people that can say the moon phases this or it's a freaking trickle rod or whatever, but deer activity has just not been good. And if we weren't pushing deer in PA, we wouldn't have seen shit. There was nothing moving. Um, So I don't know. I, I think that's the thing is that you try to, you gotta, depending on where you hunt and how you hunt, you have to kind of come to terms with the fact that you have to take what's given to you. And you have to know, like, I'm the areas I hunt and the way I hunt, I'm very effective with a gun. And I, you know, I do shoot some deer with a bow, but it's like, I always shoot a doe early and I shoot a buck if I get an opportunity around Halloween. And I, that's my playbook. And yeah, I'd love to, you know, find ways to be more consistent, but I'm not somebody who can hunt 70 days a year. So it's like when you have the opportunity, find what works for you in the areas that you can hunt and just go do it. And I think once it starts clicking, it's like, you know, it's going to happen and you're confident about it. And you, you are in the stand for 15 minutes and it happens because you have confidence in what you're doing. Right. And I think that's where, I mean, in archery season, I was, I was down like freaking end of October. I was pissed. I was like, this is bullshit. I'm hunting my ass off and I haven't seen shit. I, the only shooter buck I've seen was the one I shot with my gun. Well, and I seen one that, you know, in normal years I would have shot with the rifle um, on Thanksgiving. I saw him and I passed him because I'm trying to get to shooting some more, you know, older right. age class bucks here in New York, especially hunting on, on some of the private property we hunt. We're trying to get some larger deer around, right. but right. It's like, the opportunities have not presented themselves and that's not just me. I mean, I'm talking to a lot of people and a lot of good hunters and they're not seeing a lot of activity. Well, I, I kind of echo everything, obviously what you said, just because, I mean, that's been my moral of the story. And, but you kind of saw that too, even on social media a little bit this past year. I mean, would you agree? Yeah. And I, I wonder if, you know, some of it, Last year, I think there was a, I mean, we know there was like 40,000 new hunters in New York state. Yeah. So there could have been a, you know, I don't think the deer take numbers were up that much, but there was a lot more pressure. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we all know that deer get wounded, deer don't get found. We've all done it. It happens. It's part of the name of the game, you know? And and I don't know. I mean, maybe the deer population is down a little bit or there was a lot of young bucks shot last year. So we don't have a lot of two and three year olds running around. I don't know. it's hard to tell. Um, but it definitely seems like this year, you know, the different Facebook groups and like the hunting Western New York that does the the buck contest here, like there's just, they're, they're not posting. Like there's yeah. not pictures of bucks going up three times a day. Like there normally is. So I don't know. I, yeah. And I, I'd say, you know, like you were asking the season situation here. Yeah. Like, so yeah, this is the, we're going into the last week of rifle here in New York. And then we've got the late season, which I'll be hunting with a muzzle loader. Um, and then we have the holiday hunt 
which they introduced yep. this year, which yep. is from Christmas, the day after Christmas to New, to New Year's, Year's Eve. Eve. Yeah. So, I mean, I think my advice for anybody right now, I think you got to wait for snow. And I think if you see snow in the forecast, you see, you know, you've got snow on your hunting grounds though. That's the time to go and get, just get on the ground and just go because unless you've got, you know, food plots and corn, like corn is king right now. Like we're seeing that at our place, but um, I mean, snow, as soon as I see that we've got, we've got measurable snow, like I'm yeah. calling into work and I'm going to go just try to cut some tracks and go kill whatever, whether it's another doe or two or shoot a buck. I, but I just would like to get another couple deer, but I'm not going to waste my time when it's, yeah. you know, 38 degrees and there's no snow on the ground. I mean, it's just, you're pissing in the wind at this point, this time of season, the deer have been hunted so hard. Yeah. You know, it's just not worth your time. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my late season, I'm I'm actually pumped because, like I said, I usually go to this little private spot that I get access to late season right after Christmas, and uh, usually I, I'm able to take at least one uh, doe. Uh, my goal is to take two at least just because uh, they're, they're, they get a ton up there, and I'm just – I'm I'm tagless right now, so. <laughs> no, you have tags. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I I have yet to fill a tag. Yeah, yeah. that's why I married an English teacher. She helps me speak. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, where's where's the rack on that buck? Do you have it there near you? I can go get it. If yeah, you want me too. Yeah, go grab it. From the garage. Yeah, that's how we'll right wrap back. it up. We'll 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 admire your 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 big PA rack. Um, yeah, Dimitri, I just uh, what a year been fun i mean i think every year is is a new challenge and you know i, I get i'm excited for next year already yeah. you know i mean it's this is why we do it year after year and you know it's a year-long process yeah. you know but uh you know doing this for 100 episodes is you know i think we ourselves have grown more than anybody yeah. right you know and that's what we do this for we're not you know um doing it for the fame or you know yeah that's uh, for money. sure uh you know and we're just average joes right and i think that's why we can relate to a lot of listeners is you know we do this to learn you know one for ourselves more than anything and talk yeah. to people and and get insight and then we just kind of you know um broadcast that for other people that are like us right so we're not out there trying to you know we don't have these huge public ground and we don't we're not shooting huge deer year after year we're just like everyone else out there grinding public land or small uh chunks of private and you know just trying to have fun right yeah. that's what we do it for so yeah. uh like i said i think that's why people can relate to us more than some other things and you know we love doing it now bill yeah. bill real quick because uh i'm making a last second point here and dimitri talked about about having maxim his his boy uh, get involved this year and, and playing it. And, you know, we're obviously, we don't, we could, I would say the three of us could speak for this. And like Dimitri just said, we don't do this for the fame. We don't do it for whatever we do this because one, we, we are learning and we're making really neat connections. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, and I, what I mean, yeah. connections by friends, I'm, you know, like I said, you know, when would we have been able to interact? When would we have been able to have Jim, you know, be so close and that type of stuff. Um, but the other part of it is, is because of our kids. And so right before earlier, Nora was like, you know, she got so excited that it was episode 100 for us. And she was like, I want to come on. I want to come on. But obviously she's in bed and she was going to fall asleep. So I, she helped me set up down here and she recorded a podcast. And I said, uh, 
I said, honey, what, what's your favorite part about daddy doing antler up? And she goes, my favorite part is that you come on and you, you make friends. Wow. That's pretty unique. And I forget, she said <laughs> yeah. something else. Like, like she was actually really thoughtful and, uh, and she go, and I said, well, what about for you? And she goes, well, I went on one hunt this year with you and I, I loved it. It was my favorite hunt. And she goes, even though it was my one, my first, my only hunt, I was my favorite hunt. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Here are a ahead of us. Like she's a little bit old, which she's, yeah. she's seven. Yeah. 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 And you know, Billy's three and a half and, um, Maxim, we're in what, that Maxim will be three right? in June. Two and a half. Yeah. yeah he'll be, he'll yeah. be three in June. That it is what it's all about. It's it's about family. It's about tradition. It's about you know raising our kids in the same environment that we were raised in. And hunting is so much more than shooting giant bucks and everything else. It's it's learning how to provide for your family. It's respect. It's gratitude. It's hard work. Yeah. It's all those things. You know, yeah. like that deer. To me, he could have been a two hundred inch buck. The fact that I had to work that hard to get him and to get him out of there. And then we're going to eat him and I'm going to have that skull on the wall to remember yeah. those memories. And then to send those pictures home to my wife and have her tell me how excited my son was that dad shot a big buck. And it's just, it's like, that's all that matters. Like yeah. no one cares. And like, we have this discussion all the time, Jim and I do, especially like no one gives a shit. Like mm-hmm. if I was to have shot a 200 inch buck, I'd be popular for one day. Yeah. And that and then everybody moves on to the next guy and everybody and everybody's saying that that's a farm raised deer and all that shit (laughs) because that's what's happening right now with there's a yeah it's crazy yeah so it's at the in the end and i think there's a lot of uh the outdoor you know you talk about the outdoor industry and like podcasts and stuff i think there's a lot of people that are and and it's and you all you made this comment as well it's all things in our culture right now i think a lot of people are yearning for um, for real content for yeah. people who are just like them, who are out there trying to just live their lives and be good people and raise their family and be a good member of their community. And that's what we're doing. And, you know, we're, I'm not trying to make money at this. You're trying to just same thing. Like this is a community thing. This is for fun. And, but yet we're starting to make things are starting to grow and I'm seeing it on my end. I'm sure you're seeing it on your end mm-hmm. and it's, it's growing because people are enjoying the content and that's the best part about yeah. it. And then to be able to connect with people that are people like Jim that you met, we met essentially through the podcast and then he's coming to a hunting camp with you and you're seeing how much fun he has and the connections he's making. Cause he doesn't have that huge group of friends right. at home that he can go do that with. And it's just like, that's what it's all about. You know, yeah. it gets me so fired up and, uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys. I hey, appreciate man, what I you appreciate do. I appreciate you. That's I, I listen. You helped us a lot, and and uh, you know, kind of like you said, just put things a little bit in perspective. And you know, I I like the one time you said, "Hey, man, people just want to hear sometimes too what you guys are got going on." And and, well, and, and, and yeah, better. And I had to make myself laugh. I was thinking about that before I was. I knew I was going to get on here and talk with you guys. And you know, we did a podcast on Friday night and. I made one smart ass comment, you know, like I, well, I was walking around camp and I'm like, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good deer hunter. You know, like, yeah. I was walking around all day, all day, Thursday and Friday, but like I made one smart ass comment in the podcast on Friday night we recorded and we didn't talk about it again. You know, it's like, I don't really, I love, I, would, I love to tell my story about what happened or the deer I've shot, but it's more about what other people have got going on and telling fun stories and hearing adventure stuff. Cause in the end who it, nobody cares. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you can take something from my story, that's great. But in the end, it's like, 
it's all about ego, you know? So yeah. I think if you can keep that checked at the door and realize that it's a bigger thing, it's not just about an individual. Yeah. It's, uh, put in the work, stuff. put in the work, yeah. go, go hike four miles in and, and put yourself in the position. Just like that. I mean, that's the moral of the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you, if you want, I mean, go, if that's the satisf- satisfaction that you want to achieve. Go do that. If you want to, you have your own little land, you have grow little plots, go do that. You know, whatever, right. whatever tickles your fantasy, go do it. That's the main thing. And, uh, appreciate you, Bill. Amen, buddy. Awesome. Thanks dude. for having me on. Appreciate it. Congrats yeah. on a hundred. Thanks dude. Thank you so much. All right, dude. All right, I'm okay. going to go feed him. Yeah. Feed him <laughs> later. See you guys. See ya. Yeah, man. I just, uh, we'll wrap it up. I just, uh, you know, one, thank you for all the listeners, the supporters, uh, I never would have thought that we would be here and, and uh, it's just more fun. And again, we would do this if it's one listener, even if it's just for ourselves, just because we like doing this. And, uh, but, but we do, we, we have a, a, an amazing support system. We greatly appreciate every single one of you that download, that listen, that share, that purchase our beanies, our hats, our shirts. Um, you know, it, we don't make any money off of that. And I, you know, that it's just, it's basically breaking even, uh, just to be real and raw. It's, it's because, you know, I love getting a message that someone says, Hey, when are you going to have beanies or Hey, when are you going to have hats? Uh, I spend, we spend our own money and that's just to, to, for, for you. And it just means a lot that people want to represent that. Uh, like Demetri said, we're regular individuals. We're regular people. We just love, love, love deer hunting and just hunting in general, the great outdoors, uh, yeah. And, and the people that help support us along the way, it, you know, it, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much. Uh, and the friends and the people and every single guest that we've ever had on, thank you uh, because of, we wouldn't be here without you. Exactly. And, then, you know, we have some awesome partners, you yeah. know, that actually uh, give a crap about us for yeah. two guys sitting in the basement recording a <laughs> podcast. But, you know, and a lot of them, again, is, you know, guys that, people we've developed friendships with you know it's not just someone that you know letting us use our product a lot of these people we we friends are friends with and chat with on a daily basis and i think that means a lot too um you know because the the hunting industry can get ugly sometimes and we've really uh learned that pretty quickly even though we're on episode 100 so um awesome to those guys and we we thank them as well big time well Thanks to Jim. Thanks to Mike. Thank you to Dimitri and our families and, and everybody else uh, t- for making us uh, go to episode 100. And uh, hopefully hopefully enjoy this one. Hopefully we got 100 more plus in us. And we have a giveaway, right? Yes, we have a giveaway coming. Um, I actually have the box right here. Uh, we got a tethered Phantom saddle. We got some Vortex Nation gear. We got Rec Broadheads. We have a bourbon barrel uh, grunt tube. We have some uh, DCA custom arrow wraps with also a vein tool. So you're able to see what uh, when you're knocking your arrows uh, with you know the degree of your vein that you want to set up your jig. You could do that precisely so you could have your arrows just on, on point. Um, we got some Black Rifle coffee. So yeah, we're going to do a giveaway. So at this will air on obviously Wednesday. Uh, we'll do, we'll make a post. We'll have you probably just tag a couple people just to share and get it out there as, as much as we can and do a random drawing and we'll ship that little box out to you. So, I mean, like Dimitri said earlier about the tethered saddle, I mean, it, it, it changed a lot for you. We're going to do 
just to kind of give everybody a quick little introduction to what we have uh, coming up, we're going to do things a little bit differently here in the after postseason. We're going to kind of do little mini series uh, for different topics uh, just to kind of keep things uh, fresh, different, uh, a little bit interesting, and try to get you a little bit more involved as well as a listener. So we're going to get guests on. Obviously, with our Bullhorn app, we'll have things hopefully by then uh, really uh, – patented out and we'll we'll be able to have you come on ask questions maybe we'll do questions beforehand that we whenever we get a guest on we could uh talk to them and get going anything else that's it that's it all right thanks for listening if you're still grinding like i am oh man good <laughs> luck and uh keep your head up and keep your chin up and i i, I feel like i'm in a rocky balboa movie <laughs> and every time i go out i'm dan you know but uh keep grinding keep doing your best and if you're like dimitri all tagged out congratulations and uh hope get that that meat going and if you're i'll send you my address if you want to send some jerky my way so thanks again everybody antler up and that's a wrap for another episode of the antler up podcast just want to say thank you so much and check us out over at antlerupoutdoors.com check us out over at instagram facebook youtube go wild uh, and uh, obviously keep supporting us on here on the podcast. We just released some new beanies. I At the moment, we only have one orange left and one brown left. I think we might do another run. We will see. But again, those of you that purchased, thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart. It means a lot to us to continue on and uh, supporting this podcast. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy the last week of Rifle. Good luck to everybody. Be safe. Antler up.